Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Mike Kanzen. He is chairman of PGAV Destinations, a 120-person global creative firm dedicated to enriching lives through beautiful entertainment cultural, and leisure destinations. Mike has consulted on projects at the, I love this, are you ready? Yeah. Giza Pyramids, Niagara Falls, Universal Studios Orlando, Gian Terracotta Warriors Museum, Kennedy Space Center, and many others. That is so cool. Yeah, but I want to know if I'm the weird one or the wacky one. You're or, wonderful. Yeah, the wonderful one. But, okay. But when I say weird and uh, wacky, it's like in a good way. Those are those are terms of endearment. Yes. yes. It's like, because I tell people, I'm like, I'm totally wacky, but it's not like, watch out for me because yeah, yeah. I may just pull something so crazy, you'll, you can't ever talk to me again. It's like good, wacky, good, weird. Okay. Which there are, yeah, there's a difference. I'll, I'll take it. Right? That works. <laughs> so, sorry, please continue. <laughs> no, I love that you asked. We got it because like, some people might be like, she thinks I'm weird and wacky. Yeah, like, know, what the heck? I'm, I'm not coming on her podcast again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Guilty of all those things. So tell me, about, I mean, so we, we had Jim Weibel on not too long ago. Right. For, you know, and he's a part of PGAV. And unfortunately, we didn't have, I didn't have the podcast when you were a TEDx Gateway Arch speaker. And right. so I'm catching up with everyone now. Mm-hmm. So, so just, you know, tell us about what you do at PGAV. And, oh, wow. So what do I what do? What do you not do, maybe? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I do is I get to work with about 120 amazing people. And and that's really, for me, where it begins and ends. You know, I mean, I, 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 I'm 55 today, right? This is my birthday. Yes, it is. Happy birthday. Well, thank you. And, uh, and so when you get to this age, you start to learn some things. And one of the things I, I've learned is that uh, it's such a blessing to be in the company of and working every day with amazingly talented people some of whom are younger than me and some of whom are older than me but we're all we're all in it together and uh, I'm really pleased that you got to meet Jim because he's a very special guy but I I wish you could sit down here with all 120 of them I really do because we you, could fit them in okay well, <laughs> that would just, be let's just have a, a big, that's a good gig a big huge podcast <laughs> we'll need go. a bigger room okay Sam <laughs> right but but you know we we that's that's kind of how it is and I think we really celebrate everybody and you know part of uh learning and growing as an organization is is learning the value of everyone and what they bring to the table and what their potential is. You know, it's not one thing. I love that. Yeah, but it's true, you know. And so what I focus on more and more is that, is the... Is to create the the setting for that to happen, you know. And you know, and that and Jim talks about he talked about it in his yeah his he talked about you know how it's, it takes a team. It's not just one person that exactly. just made all this happen. There's a lot of people that make something happen. So and so that is obviously a big part of the culture. Yep, that's true. And it, you know, uh, I think that one of the things that's maybe a little unique about us is that so many of our folks come. And, and when we hire someone, it's sort of what the expectation is, okay, you're going to be with us forever. You know, now life might not hold that for them. They may choose to move to another city or whatever, but, but when people are with us for a long time, they really work with each other in the sense of a relationship. And when you've done that with someone through, you know, challenging projects and good things and, and good, good and bad things in your life along the right. way, you know, it, the, the work relationship goes way deeper and, and so uh, the, when people are in that mode of working, it's just a very different thing, you know, and, and they're able to create 
great things when that happens. And well, and I think I, I, I would set PGAV then apart from a lot of other companies because I think a lot of people feel like, you know, I'm, I could come or go. Company doesn't care. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm doing my thing. And if I just stop doing it, they'd be like, yeah, well, we'll hire somebody else to do it. Yeah. I don't feel like the, you know, like back in the day. So, I, my, you know, my grandpa worked for the same company forever, but he was valued there. Right. And I don't think people feel that way anymore. So, bravo. Yeah. Well, you know, learning what that means and, you know, as, as new generations come along is, is, you know, always a challenge because their expectations are different. Uh, really, everybody's different, right? But, but we've been focusing a lot on things that, that emphasize personal enrichment in our employees. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a program called PGAV Go. I don't know if you heard about this from no. Jim or not, but, but every employee uh, gets $1,800 to spend essentially on anything that they could define as personal enrichment. So I'll give you an example of this. We just had a, a woman who actually does a lot of our work in zoos who was just in the Himalayas looking for snow leopards. And, and she tells this fantastic story about how if, if you're doing that and you see a snow leopard like one time in the five days that you're there, then that's considered a success, right? Okay. So she said that they had a snow leopard that followed their group for days and that they would observe this. And it was almost like there was a connection with the snow leopard. But Ooh. but people have done this. They've gone to Patagonia to see penguins, the Galapagos Islands. They've, they've done- Really? And they've done simple things like taking calligraphy classes and all this. But the point is when, when you're sort of in it for the long run, the most important thing is to go out and collect life experiences that then br- you can bring back to the work you do. That's so cool. So so anyway, PGAV Go is all about, you know, self-directed personal enrichment and bringing that back. You know, you go out there, you collect those experiences and you bring them back. Well, you better watch the one with the snow leopard because she could be like a snow leopard whisperer. And there could be like a whole other career path for her in I'm that. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> she, she, could, she probably She could just live there that. and people would be like, well, it used to be really hard to see him, but with her. Right, right. Yeah. No, she's got this special connection. So so anyway, it's, it's neat and it's wonderful to see. We've been doing this for four years now and it's been wonderful to see the the progression of how people get progressively more creative with right. what they do with this. Oh my gosh. And, that, and you're... That, that's what your company is about. I mean, creativity is one of the tippy top levels of. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the core. I mean, it's what it's what we are. Is we're a creative design firm, and so, um, you know, when you're asked to do day in and day out, you know, to be creative at kind of the highest level that you can yeah. possibly imagine, competing with you know companies that are doing it elsewhere in the world, it's like a high wire act. You know, I mean, it's always it's very intense, actually. You know, I mean, I I. It, it seems like, you know, you go to work and you kind of are doing essentially the same thing every day, but the intensity of being able to do it at a very high level is is a lot. Well, because it's huge. It's okay. So that what I read in the beginning, you right, know, you right. know, I mean, where did the the Giza pyramid people, they're like, hi, we need some help over here. I mean, that's like <laughs> a big thing. It isn't right. like, oh, what? Where are the pyramids? What did I, I've never heard of them before. I mean, this is like a big deal. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Giza thing came about through a relationship we had with National Geographic. Okay. And so they, they support, you know, sites, uh, Egyptian antiquity sites and 
uh, antiquity sites in other countries as well, world heritage sites. And so um, we got fortunate enough a few years ago to get involved with them. And so they said, well, come with us and we're going to go to the Giza pyramids. We're going to go to the the Temple of Karnak and Luxor. You know, we're going to go to Abu Simbel. These are all amazing world heritage sites. And of course, for me, it's like, Okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. I'll be there. Right, exactly. Let me let me go be creative for you. Exactly, and this was all before Arab Spring, so so it was a good time to be there. I don't know God, that yeah. it would be the same today, unfortunately. And, and I I got to meet a, a great number of wonderful Egyptian people, and uh, still am in touch with some of them, but but I worry about them, you know. Yeah, the, the world, no Their world has changed in a dramatic way. It and it's scary. Yeah, I mean, it's so scary how you can look at a place and think. Oh, it's so nice here. And then just a few years later, whoa, what's well, going on? Correct. And the things we were doing were related to tourism in their country. And that's really ex- after agriculture, the largest industry in Egypt. And that's really been damaged by, you know, all that's been going well, on. Well, exactly. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So when you, um, I have this weird question about the pyramids, though. Go ahead. Did you ever, there's like, isn't there actually a pizza hut that you can sit in and see the pyramids? I've seen pictures. You know, if there is, I didn't see it. But, didn't but I was. You didn't go to Pizza Hut when you were yeah, there. Yeah, no. How <laughs> American of no, you? No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, but can I tell you a quick story about yes. that? So so going to Egypt was like a life dream for me, right? I mean, you know, you study this stuff in school, and I just have a fascination with this. And the guy who was the head of e- Egyptian antiquities was a guy named Zahi Hawass, who was a famous archaeologist, and okay. so he was on Discovery Channel, and he's a very flamboyant guy. And so with National Geographic, you know, I, I got off the plane. I was told to go to this dining room and, and join them for dinner. And, and there he is, you know, this famous archaeologist. And I'm thinking, cool. wow, this is just amazing. And uh, so this is in a hotel restaurant. Second night, same deal, except it was on a barge on the Nile River, okay, in Cairo. And, uh, and so here I am. I've got Zahi Hiwas. I'm on a barge on the Nile River. And I'm thinking, okay, is this... Pinch, pinch. Yeah, yeah. Is this for real? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the third night, we're back on a different barge on the Nile. And there's all these people and Zahi. And I'm thinking, you know... This is kind of getting old. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? this again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, here we are again on the barge on the Nile, you know. And so anyway, even even that. But uh, but it was an astonishing experience. So please, go That's ahead. That's awesome. You got a pyramid question. Well, no, I, yeah. I just, I've seen pictures yeah. of a pizza hut where people have taken right. pictures yeah. of the, the pyramids right outside the pizza hut window. I'm like, what a weird, I would have yeah. to go just because it'd be such a weird, like, cultural strange thing you know it just feels like here's this time with my pizza hut right. and there's from way and here i am my pizza i'm eating my pepperoni pizza yeah. and taking pictures of pyramids i just think it's bizarre i, d- I might have to have that experience someday. yeah maybe i i did not see it but doesn't mean it's not there because i didn't cover the whole gamut of space but uh, amazing place well we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with mike kanzen Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or 100thmm.com. 
And we're back with Mike Kanzen. So let's talk a little bit more about some of these amazing projects you've been involved in. Are, okay. there, are there any in particular that just, it has a story that you mm. love and want to share? I mean, I know in the TEDx you talked about the the Space Center. Yeah, the, the Spatial Atlantis project. Right. right, so that was really, and what did you, so when you, I can't even fathom. I mean, you guys go in there and they're like, hi, make this better. Yeah. We want to we have some sort of a display, a interactive kind of deal here. What do you do? Yeah. Where do you even start? You have a big brainstorming session or? Well, you know, uh, so can I use the Spatial Atlantis yes, as an absolutely. example? Yes, absolutely. Since it's one of my favorites. So, so you know, NASA had this issue that the space shuttle program was coming to an end. And for them, it was a really big deal because uh, although when you work with them, you learn that they're always sending rockets into space, right? right? Satellites and all kinds of things. And they do a lot besides that. Manned spaceflight is what captures people's imagination. Exactly. And so for them, the, the ending of a manned space program that had gone on for more than 30 years and not necessarily a clear successor to that program was kind of an issue for them. So we wanted to be able to help tell that story, but also keep keep the fire burning. You know, right. keep people interested in space exploration and and you know for it to be a, a thing that young people aspire to. You know, I grew up; those Apollo guys were my you know main thing. Right? That was a big deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. everybody remembers. Everybody remembers that yeah. whole walking on the moon. If you were alive, then you were in front of that TV set watching. Exactly, and and you remember it. And and uh, for someone who grows up today, you know, they don't necessarily have this connection. And for NASA, this is important. So it really began with that. You know, it began with their need to be able to tell this story and engage future generations. Right. And we were blessed in that we were given the opportunity to display. A real space shuttle, you know, it's the real deal. It went into space 33 times, you know. Oh, cool! And uh, and so it's done some absolutely amazing things. And so, so just trying to evoke the potential of all that to to engage people, you know, right. to get them really excited. And then remember, yeah, and to keep it, keep it alive right. in its own way, right? right? And, and for a child to imagine they could be someone who would do something like that. You right. know, the next generation of rocket and spaceship is going to be so much cooler and so much better, but but for them to be at least, you know, role play in their minds, that could be me. Yeah. You know? Oh, how cool. Yeah. So, okay, but you, I, I, I did say I'm interested in the Xi'an Terracotta Warriors Museum. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is really, that's interesting. It is, it is, you know, and it and it was one of my first, not not the earliest, but one of my earliest experiences working in China. You know, so here I am in another country. And China is a place that is just kind of coming into its own as far as understanding what its own history means. Okay. You know, you know the Communist Party was was not all about telling its the, the, the more ancient history of the country until more recently. Okay. And, and now <clears throat> it's becoming something that is very popular. So that's great. And, you know, this site was discovered. I don't know if you know the story. I, I do not. So I so, want to know. So it was discovered completely by accident by a farmer who was farming the land. Oh and literally, gosh. you know, the roof of the thing broke broke in with a hole. And he, you know, sort of stuck his head in there and looked. And, and soon enough, this enormous underground chamber, you know, with thousands of these terracotta warriors, some of whom are mounted on horses and some of whom are standing, and they're all life-size. You know, these are not right. miniatures. These are as big as you and me. Oh, my gosh. And they're just in, in very neat rows, row after row after row. You know, they were there buried with, you know, a, an emperor who, who this was his tomb. And, and one of the fun things about this is that when you go there, that farmer is still there. 
And so it, there's... So the museum is there on that spot? It is. Okay. It is. Okay. And, okay. They and, didn't like transfer the... No. Uh-uh. And, and the farmer sits there. And if you go up and you want to take it, you know, get out your cell phone and want to take his picture, he holds up a paddle in front of his face until you give him a few bucks. And that's how that's, he make, that guy makes a living Hey. Now. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so... You want and, a selfie with me? It's going to cost you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but it's an amazing story and, and a very complex one. So the goal of that project was a lot about that. It was just helping both, you know, Chinese people, but also, you know, Westerners or people from other parts of the world who might go. Chinese ha- China has more World Heritage Sites than any other country. And uh, and they are amazing. You know, there are sh- sites in human history and there are mm-hmm. sites in natural history that, you know, we think of the Grand Canyon as this amazing thing, and it right, is. Right, right. But there are sites in China that, that rival and surpass, in my opinion, the Grand Canyon. Really? Yeah, so so I, I haven't visited all of them. I have this great book at my office, so I'm going to be checking those off. As it's like your on. bucket list. That's right. <laughs> all those World Heritage Sites in China. But it's a great place, and, and learning how to relate a culture to a people who are just kind of rediscovering it is really a neat thing. And do you, you know, one of the things I've always found fascinating is, okay, so the only other language I ever learned mm. uh, was Spanish mm. when I lived in Spain. But I I learned that there were feelings and thoughts that came along with the language that did not happen in English. Mm-hmm. And so then when you're working with this whole other culture, I mean, have you ever experienced like, you thought, wow, that's interesting. I never thought of, I don't, I don't, I can't relate this to my my way of being at all. Mm-hmm, you know, I would mm-hmm. think China would be feel very different. Yeah, you know, it is and and I don't I'm terrible at languages. You know, I mean, I'm I'm the worst person to learn, you know, another language and and if I can get a few conversational words to get me breakfast in the morning or whatever. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, that's about as far <laughs> Where's as Where's the bathroom and I need some food? <laughs> that's, that's that's right, you know, the word for that'll, beer. That'll get you, know? you yeah, that'll yeah. get you by. <laughs> but, but you know, one of the things that trans trans uh transgresses that or goes beyond that is is the importance of relationships. You know, when you deal with people in another culture, you realize how intensely important relationships are in China. You know, okay. doing doing business there, you know, the, the idea that you would go to dinner with a prospective client and that you would sort of share the table and share the food and and have a conversation and show respect for one another and build trust. That that is really huge, and and I I you know every culture has its version of that, I right? Think, you know, yeah, and and it's different, you know, in the sense of of what is polite, the sense of what is friendly, those are all nuanced and different. But I think I think that relationship aspect is is huge, and I I've you know as I've traveled more, I've become more and more aware of it and the importance of it. So before you go somewhere, I mean, do you spend time learning? You try like, to. You know, here, yeah. here's the etiquette I need to know here, you know, that, yeah. I mean, it seems like you would have to. Yeah, you you do. You try to. And, and of course, you. it's hard because if you go to a new country and you're sort of cold there, you know, what, what do I do here, right? I went to Vietnam maybe three years ago for the first time and I wasn't really prepared. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, kind of stumble around. And fortunately, uh, you know, the... The dumb American, you know, we we're pretty well recognized in the world. <laughs> you know, we don't know very much about anything. You well, know? it used to be white tennis shoes. Yes, because everybody, all right. everybody that was traveling from, we always had white tennis shoes on. But now there's so many different types of tennis shoes, and world's wearing them now. So. Well, exactly. Yeah, blue jeans and tennis shoes and all of that <laughs> stuff. But uh, but that's part of the beauty of it is to learn those things and. You know, the things that make us similar are much stronger than the things that make us different. 
You know, I know that for a fact. So did you ever come upon anything where like you were, because you see it in the movies all the time. This is why I'm asking, mm-hmm. where it's like, no, it's disrespectful not to eat the monkey brains. Uh, you know, have yeah, you yeah, ever yeah. had to eat something you were like, oh, yuck, please yeah, don't mean, make me right, do this. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not picky about food, you know. That's a good thing. Yeah, generally, I, I like <laughs> it all. There there have been some moments in China that that have challenged that mm-hmm. principle. I bet. But, uh, but, you know, I give it a shot, you know. I'll try almost anything once, and then uh, sometimes that's about it. But, yeah, uh, oh, good for you. Yeah. I, you know, I would, I think I would have a heart, I would have to, like, pretend I was eating it somehow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well... You know, trying it once is good, but then you know that's you know they'll they'll encourage you to have more and uh, you know I'm, oh, I'm, I'm I think I'm so full. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's right. You, I'm sorry, I didn't know I ate something before. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. And if you know, I've had the experience of sort of being the guest of honor at a Chinese meal with a big lazy Susan in the middle of the table and all this really beautiful food. Right. You know. Right. And you're expected to take a healthy portion of everything. Wow. And, and really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They must and have great metabolisms or something. I know. And, <laughs> and this kind of dinner scenario is a really big deal. And, and drinking, you know, is part of it, right? I mean, you know, they're going to keep your glass full. And, you know, it's it's sort of, it is a little bit impolite sometimes to say, no, 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 I'm right, done with Right, right. Like, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. So, right. it's like you got to keep a little bit in your glass at all times. Like, oh, Exactly. That <laughs> or is just a, do tiny little took, sips. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> 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 That's a whole other podcast, people. Yeah, yeah exactly so. <laughs> well, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be back with Mike Conson. This is Mickey Hancock. Now's a good time to get a snack. My mom's going to do another commercial. If you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content, launching campaigns, or reputation management, 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you. Make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment. 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think, and we make it easy and impactful. Learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and more. Contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. Okay, and we are back with Mike Conson and it's question time. Okay. So this one, I just have to ask you because you have, you are an architect. So... Is there any architecture out there or an architect from now past where that you just think they are mad? They're mad crazy. They just did oh, some crazy like, things. Like crazy as in good crazy? Well, or? It could be good crazy. It could be wacky crazy. It could be what were you thinking when you made that? <laughs> I let I give you free license. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, I'm a very positive person, so I'm going to look okay, at, good. at the good side of this. But, you know... Uh, one of my architectural heroes, actually, is the guy that we all know is designing the arch, which is Errol Saarinen. So Cool. And, and if you really look at his work, he was so unconventional in his thinking. And, and he was really, I think, an architect who combined sculpture and architecture probably more eloquently than just about anyone else I've ever seen in the world. Right. 
And and so I you know he unfortunately of course passed away a few years ago. I would love to meet him. You know if you put if you had me to you know ask me to make a list of people I'd like to meet. Right. Errol Saarinen would be in that list. He would because, definitely be there. Oh yeah. Well, what else did he do other than the arch? Well, I the, honestly have so no the, idea. The Dulles, uh, you know, terminal, the the T- TWA terminal at JFK Airport. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of. He did so a, didn't that have arches in it as well? A, a, Yes, the, the TWA is an arch this way, and the Dulles Airport was an inverted arch. So, you know, he was very into natural forms, you I know, gotcha. and interpreting nature. And I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think he just had an ability to translate nature into something like that that was really cool. beautiful and, and very functional, right? So, right. you know, and he was a very down to earth guy, as I understand, and he, he spoke, about, spoke about his work very simply. That's my definition I love of crazy it. is crazy No, I good. love it. Yeah. Well, you know, but I was thinking of Gaudi, who was kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. he's got some, I love his stuff. It's I do wacky, too. Yep. But I love it. Yeah, he interpreted nature actually in a different way, in yes. my opinion. And I got to see his work uh, in Barcelona yes. a few years ago. Yes, did you go to ago. the Sagrada Familia? I did. Which keeps growing and getting bigger. And uh-huh. They'll never finish it. I mean, yes. I lived in Spain like way, way long ago. Yeah. and And it was... And, and now I can't even imagine. I have to go back. It's a completely different place. Yeah, no, and one of my favorite cities. But his his work is just amazing. He's pretty crazy. Yeah, I'll give, him, seems, I'll give him he the seems crazy wacky. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure in a good way, but you know, yeah. he made some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, are you very impressive when it comes to building like with Legos? Like, oh. are you like awesome? I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, think, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. Like, hi, here's an architect. Here's Legos. Woo. Yeah. I bet you come up with some cool stuff. Yeah, and you know, Legos have evolved so much, right? So, right. so my son, who's now 19 years old, grew up with this sort of uh, explosion of what you could do with Legos, right? And they had these little little robots and things you could build with these things. Right. And, and so I'd take him to the store as a treat, and he would buy one of these things. And he'd have it all assembled by the time we got home. It would, oh. it would have taken me, like, hours to do this. <laughs> and he was just, you know, like, he could manipulate these things so you easily. You can make, like, so, the Death Star now out of Legos. Yeah, and it's oh, crazy. It's, it's, it's amazing, yeah, yeah. Kennedy Space Center, they had a, a thing called Lego Mindstorms, where they would just set up, tables that had all these Legos and then they would put people together who who didn't know each other and ask them to create something. Oh, and how it was fun. so cool to see what came out of that, you know. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm probably not as impressive as any of these people at this point. <laughs> like you're not going to build some big thing out of Lego soon for no, us. No, okay. no, probably not. But I bet I bet if I just put some, you would do way better. Than, I don't know I what don't I would know. come up I with. I bet you'd be pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have the Lego gene. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, is there okay? Just is there a project you really want to do? Is there is there mm. something that you've that you've looked at or thought about or say or, or a notion that's come into your mind? Like someday I'm going to take this notion into something. Oh wow! Yeah, I know that's that's a big one. That's a big one. I love museums, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, the capacity of museums to to you know, inspire people is is really an amazing thing, and there's so many subjects I think that you could tackle in a museum context. So so let me think of an example. Of that what would that be? <laughs> so so you know, I think I think something that uh, a museum where people could come together from with all these different cultures, like what we're talking about, and sort of find the common. Thing among them, Ooh, you know, I like that. Is interesting. You know, wouldn't it be neat if you could go into something like that and come out with a deeper understanding? Because you know, other than travel, 
you know, which you've experienced. And exactly. Too, you, you, that's what it does for you, right? Right. It opens it opens up your awareness to what other cultures look like. Correct. Yeah. And I, I think that I wish, frankly, more Americans would have that insight. I you know. I know. And uh, it's an astonishing low percentage of Americans that actually own a passport. You know, which of course really? is needed to leave the country, right? So, yeah. so you know, they don't necessarily. They may get that, you know, insight on their own, but I think it's one that that comes with that, you know. And but that so, would be a cool experience. Yeah, I think so. So I don't know how what it looks like or how it works, but that's wouldn't that be great to do? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and also just to see what other people think of us. Like I had an experience in Canada where there was uh, whatever museum, I don't recall the museum, but you know they have those shows that travel around and the show that was there was Americans and their obsession with lawns. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's and I never thought of it before. I'm like, we are obsessed with our lawns. <laughs> We're like kind of weird about it, right, you know? Right, right. I, I unfortunately am not obsessed with my lawn and it very much shows. Mm. But you know, some people <laughs> are obsessed with it. And I thought, isn't that interesting that this other culture yeah, they was see like, us those a people way. are crazy about about their lawns. Right. You know, I would love to get a sense of how other people see us in that way. I mean, I know sometimes they they hate us. I'm sorry. We're all, not all of us are mean. A lot of us are really nice. You're right. But, you know, wouldn't you like to know like what quirky things they think about Americans? Uh, Yes. Uh, And I have learned some of those things. Well, I don't know. The lawn thing is an interesting one. I think, you know, uh, we're probably a more, compared to a lot of cultures, more materialistic. Oh, yeah. I'm positive of that. So that's one of those things, you know, that that distinguishes us in not such a good way sometimes. Right. You know? Now, in China, I heard, though, I think it's China that they think we sound like cats when we talk. Or is it Japan? There's one of them they think that we sound like cats. I don't know. I don't know. I sound like Carl Castle. But, that's you right. Know. You sound like Carl Castle, so you've got it going on. Yeah, right, right. That's, at least that's what our audio engineer thinks. So. I don't sound like a cat. I sound like Carl Castle. There you go. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I really want to say how much I appreciate what PGAV does. I think that's so cool oh, that you treat you. your people the way you treat them. Like when you come to us, we're thinking you're going to be here for a lifetime. Yeah, no, it's that's the goal, and uh, and 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 have a great enriching life doing it, you know. Yeah, and and go see snow leopards. And learning new things <laughs> all the time. Right? I love it, and that keeps the whole team creative and it engaged, does. and and. It does. Loving where they are. Yep. I, that's We hope so, at least. That's the objective, right? Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mish. I so appreciate your time today. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, let's let's hope the Cardinals bring us another yeah, good go season. Yeah, go Cards. That's exactly. Right. And then you also have to have a happy birthday. Well, thank you. Because you're here on your birthday, and which I'm I gonna, totally appreciate. I'm going to do that. I, I appreciate it, too. Thanks. <laughs> well, thank you. And you all have been listening to Mish Hancock on Mishmash. So go to iTunes and subscribe, and you can hear all of the great podcasts we do. Thanks. Catch you later.